Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is high noon in the nation's capital, and it's time for an extended pregame show. Just an hour and 40 today for Byron Kerr, but I'm so glad to be alongside Linnell Williams, and we're going to get you going here talking sports in the nation's capital. So glad you're alongside. Thank you very much. The phone line is going to be open in just a few moments at 800-636-1067. We've got a lot going on at the station this afternoon. Of course, the Washington Nationals against the Milwaukee Brewers from Milwaukee at 210 pregame 140 right here on the fan and we've got a jam-packed show with Mark Zuckerman from MassInSports.com going to join us. So is Rick Snyder from Snyder's Remarks talking about the Washington football team. But first, we go to the hardwoods and the NBA with the legendary Chris Miller going to start us off here on a Sunday afternoon. Really an honor to have Chris on. He's a Wizards insider for NBC Sports Washington. He covers all sports. And it's great to have you back on the airwaves, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Byron. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, it's fun to finally get a chance to talk to you. And, and exciting times. Got to watch the Wizards play Summer League. What was some of your takes from the, from that team? Obviously, a lot of those guys you know, are destined for the G League, but it was good to see Corey Kispert get a chance uh, in a Wizards uniform and see a, a bunch of those other guys. What was your take on the team and, and how Mike Miller coached him and, and what, what happened in Las Vegas? You know, I was just glad no one really got hurt. Right. That's the most important thing when you get in summer school. That's what I call it, summer league. <laughs> right. To see Kispert kind of get, you know, <clears throat> acclimated to the NBA. Uh, this is a young man with a discernible skill, Byron. Right away, this young man could shoot the basketball. Probably didn't shoot it the way he wanted in the summer league. But, again, you're just kind of getting acclimated to the next level of basketball. Uh, the yeah. speed of the game, the way it's officiated, you know, College in the NBA is completely different. I think the only thing that's really the same is the ball. I mean, really, the game of the NBA is so wide open, and there's just a lot more spacing. And I, I think for him, it's just kind of just learning the game. And just to have those opportunities to play and to get that experience, um, a small uh, kind of a window when you think about it. I mean, I think all the guys are getting back around Labor Day mm-hmm. to really get ramped up for the season to start on October 20th. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, Denny didn't get to have a summer league last year. He didn't go out there this year, um, you know, obviously because of the pandemic. But for Kispert, I just like the fact that he got some experience. He got a chance to just get out there and run, kind of knock some rust off from, you know, obviously the last time he played competitive basketball was playing in the national championship game against Baylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, sometimes you could say it's glorified pickup, but it's a, it's an opportunity for, the, as you said, for them to play with other players that are trying to get to the league. and. I loved watching him at Gonzaga. I thought he was an aggressive player, and he was he was better than a lot of the players on the court. And now he's in the NBA, where everybody's really, really good. And yeah, he looked out of sync a, a couple of times. He had a few turnovers in that last game against the Pacers. But you know, you you get the sense that his shooting touch is going to come back. He's going to work hard in the gym. And uh, you know that video we got to see a little bit of his personality <laughs> when he yeah, introduced the Wizards' yeah. schedule a little bit. And uh, you know I think it's a really nice pickup for Tommy Shepard. I always liked in the NFL when teams pick up 
players from Alabama. When you get a player from Duke or from Gonzaga, you know, you got other guys on the roster, Isaiah Todd, things like that. You guys, you know, they got some guys that are coming from programs that are outstanding. And Corey Kisper comes from a well-coached college team. And I think that's going to help the Wizards, you know, um, here in his rookie season. Yeah, I like what you said there. He's a winner. All right. You look at the amount of games that he played. Uh, you know, there's this knock on four-year players getting to the NBA. And right. I, I, I would always say this. I would rather get someone like that where I don't have to worry about the phone ringing at four in the morning about some kid doing something stupid. I'd rather get like a really mature player that maybe his ceiling isn't as high as a prospect that you get, you know, fresh out of college, you know, one year out of college. Uh, But yeah, he's a winner. I mean, Mark Few uh, has delivered a lot of really good players over the last couple of years. I mean, you look in in this class alone, Jalen Suggs to go along with Corey Kisper. You think of Hachimura. I mean, there's some, there's some players that have come out of there. I would also put Jay Wright in there. Villanova is another program that's really produced a lot of really good plug-and-play players. As soon as they get drafted, they come in right away and help a program. Looking at this team for 21-22, Spencer Didwitty, the big backcourt announcement for the Wizards. Obviously, Russell Westbrook has moved on. Aaron Holiday, a good backup as well. You know, what is your take on on Spencer Dinwiddie and his ability to contribute to a backcourt with Bradley Beal and and what that will mean for the Wizards team? Do you what's the what's the upside for having a player like Spencer Dinwiddie on this team? Well, I, I don't necessarily think Spencer is a pure point guard, but yeah. I don't think that's going to be real, a real issue with the way Bradley Beal has really developed his ball handling over the last couple of years. Uh, multiple ball handlers is not a problem. I see that as like something that could really benefit a team because you can't really key on one person. But his ability to score uh, is, is evident. Um, obviously, the ACL injury last year, he wasn't able to you know, produce the way that he wanted. But if you go back to the year before that, I mean, he was averaging 20 points a game. And you know, just to have another quality score on the floor with Brad, uh, I, I'm interested in seeing it. But Byron, when, when I look at the team, and I just look at the names, right, I think the Wizards have a lot of names. Okay, when you think of Contavious Caldwell, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, like like you look at what Tommy and his group was able to do to first of all pull off this five team trip. I've been doing this a long time, but it's very rare. I don't even remember, and I got to go back and look when the last time five teams got on a conference call and was able to broker a deal this magnitude you know i was talking to ron rivera a couple couple days ago and i was like in the nfl do you remember like a multi because ron really loves basketball by the way so we talk basketball right right, right. do you remember like a multi-team nfl trade in your career he's like the only one he remembered was like maybe three teams so to get five teams to cooperate for a trade uh i i just tip my hat to the wizards being able to pull off a deal like that because obviously when russell wanted to move back to la there's the wheels were in motion. Okay, you, you've got to go find someone that can be in that point guard position or in that guard position. And to get a guy like Dinwiddie, I, I think the deal is favorable for both sides. Uh, I, I got a kick out of it. I mean, he's got a, a dollar clause if they win a championship, and I asked him how he wanted that dollar. The Wizards won a championship. He said 100 pennies. I was like, this is my guy. I like him. <laughs> so it's just a lot of pieces. Yeah. I just want to see what they look like once they get on the floor. Um, intrigue, it intrigues me. But I really can't forecast until I see them play because there's just so many new players on this on this team. And you'll get a chance, as you said, because it's a short window with the season starting October 20th. You get preseason quickly. And do you think then this allows Tommy Shepard, Chris, to be able to flip some of these guys 
He got rid of that huge contract with uh, with Russell Westbrook, who obviously is an outstanding player. But but this kind of opens up a lot of different options for this team. As you said, they've got some name players coming in, and if he, you know, if it doesn't work out, he's got some ability to kind of flip some of these guys if he needed to down the road. Well, I just look at what the Wizards team looked like two years ago. Right. And it's just completely different. And now with this opportunity to have these named players and if they can play to their um, to their standard, yeah. and if it doesn't work out, like team-wise, the record doesn't work out, yeah, I think you can flip them. Um, but there's something you got to keep in mind, too. This is a guy kind of going into his 10th year. Uh, it's an all-NBA player, uh, multi-time all-star, second in the league in scoring. But Brad's ready to win right now. Right, so okay. I, I really think the pressure is – I don't want to call it pressure, but – I would say it's really important for this team uh, to show him again that they're serious about the business of winning. And I'll be very interested to see he's now bottom line, no argument, the face of this franchise. He's not sharing it with John or Russ last year. It is literally Bradley Beal's team and how good they are is really predicated on two things how he comes back for his 10th season. I mean, he has played at such a high level these last couple of years. You just think that he's going to continue to be at his peak, but also the health of this team. If this team can stay healthy, I think they give themselves a chance to be one of those playoff teams when it's all said and done. Chris Miller's joining us. He's the Wizards insider for NBC Sports Washington here on The Fan. A Sunday afternoon, Byron Kerr alongside with you, and you mentioned staying healthy. I think a critical player to doing all that is Thomas Bryant, who obviously missed the entire season pretty much with the injury coming back. And, you know, it always seemed like there was a little bit of a hole. Obviously, the Lopez uh, did very well in that position. Other guys did an outstanding job. Daniel Gafford came in. But how mm-hmm. important is it, Chris, to see to get good minutes and to see Thomas Bryant get back to where he was and, and can be an important part in the middle of this Wizards offense and defense? I think to be, you know, when can he come back? You know, when you come back from an ACL, I mean, like, what's the timetable? Like, I wouldn't expect him to start the season. I mean, to okay. even be available, like, in October, maybe November. Uh, slow walk him back from that because there's really no rush to put him out there. Like you said, Daniel Gafford was uh, fine. I mean, to get him in that trade with Chicago, I mean, he came in right away and kind of just impacted the way teams thought about driving to the basket. I mean, there's a rim protector there. Montrezl Harrell is a sixth man of the year. He he's, he can play the center position also. Okay. So there's a little bit of depth there, so I don't think the pressure of trying to bring Bryant back immediate uh, is something that the Wizards really have to worry about. We talked about the injuries. Another thing I wanted to mention too, Byron, is the fact that West Hill Jr. is here now. Yes. And one thing I do know from day one is this team is going to have to guard. I mean, he's not, there's one of those non-negotiables with him. Like, defense will be first and foremost. And I think when you, like, kind of see this roster now, this looks like a team that could potentially be a pretty good defensive team. Uh, you know, I think Dinwiddie can move his feet. And Tavius Caldwell-Pope is a 3-and-D type guy. I think Kuzma got better last year defensively. Montrez is definitely a defensive guy. Daniel Gafford is a defensive guy. So you're starting to see kind of the way this roster is kind of being built. It's being built more to be a team that can be – not only a really good offensive team, but really guard. And the one thing we've never worried about with the Wizards was 
I, mean, I used to joke first to 120 wins, right? You score 120, you're going to win a game. I think if the Wizards kind of cut that down to like, you know, 110 points and are better on the defensive end, you have a more balanced unit where they don't look like the way they did when they went into that playoff series against the Sixers last season. To me, as an NBA fan, that is the most important part of the NBA is defense, and that's what frustrates me about a lot of these teams that can score is they just let the other team go down the floor and score. And so it's like watching Paul Westhead back in the days. Just let the other team score, and then we're going to go score. So having a rim protector is so critical in the NBA. The, The Wizards have that, and you're right. Perimeter defense, playing some defense. Now, I'm not talking about 24 seconds every single possession, but you got to slow down these teams and and especially in the east you know it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight every single night for these guys you play some defense and they have some guys that can play it, play defense now they can buy in that's what frustrated me sometimes about the Denver Nuggets is that you know sometimes they didn't play great defense that's not Wes Unseld's fault he certainly was working his butt off to get them to play good D but I think that's critical and what I like about this roster is they've got guys that can play defense and I think that'll be important yeah, I agree with you. That, that again, when you just look at just the one through twelve right now, compared to one through twelve maybe a year ago, right, or two years ago, um, these guys have you know in baseball, Byron, you always talk about track record. Well, the track record of some of these guys that have been brought in is you know they could play some pretty high level defense. What do you think about this coaching staff? You, I know Wes Unseld has a lot of pressure on him because of his name and the legacy of his dad and and what he's meant to this organization. Mike Miller looks like an outstanding coach to kind of be that. That guy that 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 uh, has seen it all. Uh, it's a you know, is it a different uh, set of coaches than what we saw with Scott Brooks? What's your take in the early returns of what this coaching staff can do to make this team better? I think they just need to get to know the roster, and that's why summer league is really important. It's not necessarily really the games. I know fans want to watch the games, but you know, West went out there and really started to to instill his program, you know, okay. his, his philosophy, his playbook, you know, in these practices. And, and again, as you said earlier in the beginning of the interview, you know, a lot of these guys are probably going to be G League or probably playing overseas. So, you know, the Kisperts of the world will definitely uh, got a head start yeah. on some of the veterans on what this new staff looks like. Uh, haven't really had a chance to really speak to a lot of the guys on the staff. I've talked to Wes a couple of times and I kind of just know his vision from just knowing him over the years. And I just know that uh, the buy-in is something that he, he he's going to demand really day one of training camp. And it's not even really training camp. It's, you know, when Labor Day starts and the guys start filing in, you know, you're given an opportunity right then to really start implementing what you want to see. So once training camp starts, you know, it's basically a week of training camp and then you're playing preseason games and then you're off and running. Right. So the window is very small for him to get really the attention of the group, but those are those individual workouts or those phone calls or those Zoom meetings, whatever you need. I think for a new coach is really imperative to kind of get a foundation laid of what you want to see from your group. And I know what he wants is, you know, obviously the total buy-in and what you're doing on the defensive end. Offensively, you know, I know it's going to be a lot of ball movement, player movement, but again, with him, <laughs> the, the, the standard is we've, we've got to do something on the other end of the floor to give ourselves a chance to win every night. Because as you said, the Eastern Conference has gotten a lot better. Uh, I don't know if people have noticed this. O- over the summer, the East <laughs> right. is pretty good when Stacked. you think of the champions, Milwaukee. You think of you know Brooklyn. Uh, you know, Toronto is going to be back. Uh, Miami got better. Uh, all- Atlanta is, is here. Philly, obviously, whatever they do at Ben Simmons, Boston. So the New York Knicks, 
Uh, yeah, the East has, has improved immensely. And just thinking you just put your jersey on and tie your shoes up, you got a chance to make the playoffs. That's not going to be the case this year. Kind of switching gears a little bit, you mentioned uh, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. I saw you got some video of Joe Burrow just warming up, didn't get a chance to see him play. And obviously they won the game. The defense looked solid, and they had had a few pretty good uh, drives against the Bengals and got a lot of talented players on this team. What was your take uh, of, of the Washington football team as they get ready for their season? I was joking with Ron uh, before the game. Uh, I interviewed him last week, and I said the, I went to practice one day, and I haven't been out to practice forever. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, the one person that stood out to me, like I just walked on the field and just looked, was this third this third round rookie Byron St. Juice. And I was like, Ron, there's not a lot of six three corners walking around, right? Yeah. I was like. Does he play basketball? I was like, like, do the Wizards need to kind of get this guy a tryout for the go-go? I mean, he, his, he was so imposing at his size. And then, obviously, the way he played in the preseason game, you know, he, he, I thought he played really well against the Bengals. Uh, yeah, like, they have a lot of size. I think their talent level has leveled up. Uh, getting uh, Fitzpatrick in here now, you never know what you're going to get, right? But at least the veteran leadership here. I think they've got two of everything, right. which – that's what you want with a football team. If you can get some really good quality depth, uh, they got a chance to go back-to-back. Uh, I think the last time a team in the NFC East went back-to-back was the Eagles when they were in the, that Super Bowl team. So, uh, And then, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of Chase Young. So <laughs> they, they, they got a chance. Now, yeah. I'm a huge Carolina Panther fan, so I, I miss Ron. But I think he's done a tremendous job going into his second year here. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and they've got the right coaching staff. And the, as you said, you mentioned Benjamin St. Juice. They've got Jarrett Patterson, that, that bowling ball running back who yeah. looks very yeah. elusive from University of Buffalo. I like what I saw from him. And, and now they've got a, a veteran QB as well who uh, hopefully won't make too many mistakes but can throw the ball down the field. So I think that's going to be a nice to see. And, and the defense looks you know looks solid, Chase Young leading the way. So you, you like what you see from the Washington football team here, at least in the preseason. But Preseasons can be a little deceptive, just like just like summer league can be deceptive. But absolutely, yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, Chris, man, thanks so much for taking the time. It's great to hear your knowledge and an exciting season coming up for the Wizards. It'd be nice to to see Bradley Beal and Spencer Didwitty in the backcourt and see what they can do together. And Contavious Caldwell Pope, man, it's going to be a fun to watch. We're looking forward to hearing you talking about the team. All right, Byron, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. That is Chris Miller, the Wizards insider, joining us here on a Sunday afternoon from NBC Sports Washington. Thanks so much to Chris. We're going to be talking more about the Washington Nationals, the Washington football team, and the rest of the sports world. Get your phone calls going as well at 800-636-1067. Don't forget, 1.40 p.m. today is the pregame show from Milwaukee. It'll be Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. 2.10 is the first pitch as the Nats look to try to get a series win over the vaunted Brewers, who are 26 games above 500, But they looked pretty good yesterday, except for Christian Yelich. We'll talk about that more as we continue here on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for locking in here on the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome back to Washington, D.C. This is Byron Kerr on a Sunday afternoon. We're counting down to a Nats extended pregame show, if you will. The Nationals in Milwaukee beginning a road trip of nine games in three cities, the Triple M's, to take on the Mets, Miami, and Milwaukee. And they won the first game, looked very impressive, beating the best team in their division, the Milwaukee Brewers, 4-1. to one. Yesterday, they had a 3-1 to one lead, but lose 9-6, to six, and a lot of things happened in that game. Of course, Christian Yelich happened. He had six RBIs, including a grand slam for Milwaukee. Coming up in the next hour or so, Actually, less than an hour, we're going to have Mark Zuckerman from MassInSports.com to talk about the Nationals. And the lineup is out for the matchup against the Milwaukee Brewers here today. And Lane Thomas is going to get another opportunity to start for this team. Man, it was fun watching him yesterday. He's a center fielder. Came over from the St. Louis Cardinals in the trade for John Lester at the deadline. He's six feet tall, but he has that speed similar, not quite obviously Trey Turner level, but he's got that kind of quickness. Coming around, very impressive move by Lane Thomas yesterday. Had another huge hit to start things off to put him up one nothing. He's leading off and playing center field today. Davey Martinez will have his postgame show coming up in just a moment, his postgame comments rather from yesterday. But he uh, today talked about Victor Robles being a little bit under the weather, so Robles will not uh, start today. It is not COVID-related is what the manager said, so that is okay, but hopefully uh, Victor feels better. So Lane Thomas will start and center field to begin things for the Nationals today. Alcidos Escobar at short, batting second. Juan Soto in right field, batting third. Josh Bell protecting Soto in the cleanup spot at first base. Yadiel Hernandez, who's shown his big bat. He had a homer yesterday to tie the game at four. He's in left field. Carter Keboom is at third base, batting sixth. Riley Adams will catch, and he will bat in the seventh spot. Luis Garcia is in the eight hole. And Sean Nolan gets to start the left-hander. For the Nationals, he will be the pitcher in the ninth spot for the Nats. So that's the lineup. And some news here coming up. It looks like they're even going to have another roster move coming up as I just got a a little ping from the Nationals. Javi Guerra has been designated for assignment, and Austin Voth has been activated off the COVID-19 injured list. This from the Mark Zuckerman Twitter release there at Mark Zuckerman. He's coming up in about 35 minutes to talk more about the Nationals. So Guerra who has had a couple of different stints with the Nationals. You remember during the World Series run, he came in, was uh, was signed with some injuries, played against Arizona, and then tweaked his hamstring, I believe, running down to first base, and he was out for a long time. Came back, has helped out a few different times, but uh, into the line yesterday, obviously a huge comeback for uh, the, the Milwaukee Brewers, and Guerra, a grizzled veteran, has been DFA'd 
for the Nationals and Austin Voth activated. So we may see a lot of Austin Voth here in the last month and a half as the team tries to get things going. But recently for Garrett, it's been just very difficult. 16.50 earned run average in six appearances. And Davey Martinez, according to Zuckerman's tweet, says it was a very tough conversation with Garrett to have him uh, move on. The Nationals have just announced that they have reinstated Austin Voth, and it looks like Kyle McGowan as well is back with his team. McGowan also another reliever that can help out. Voth can start. He can also relieve, but we'll see how Davey Martinez and Jim Hickey decide to use him. It's a rehabilitation assignment for right-handed pitcher Kyle McGowan, so he comes off the 10-day IL, and also returning from rehab was Austin Both. They have designated right-handed pitcher Javi Guerra for assignment, and they have optioned outfielder Andrew Stevenson to AAA Rochester. So this is in direct correlation to how good Lane Thomas has been playing recently. He certainly has a hot hand and has been very versatile, showing power and also showing his speed on the base paths and as well as Yadiel Hernandez really thumping the ball. So Stevenson goes to AAA Rochester, and they add two pitchers in Voth and in Kyle McGowan. They'll be available today. Also some notes uh, from Milwaukee. Bullpen catcher Brett Austin has taken a coaching job at NC State. So Brandon Snyder, who's had a lot of major league experience, can catch, can play the infield, can play the outfield. And he's kind of a triple-A utility man. He is in Milwaukee on the taxi squad, available to catch in the bullpen for the team. Henry Blanco is now the bench coach because Tim Bogar is recovering from back surgery. This also from Mark Zuckerman this morning. So a lot of changes for the Nationals as they try to upset, if you will, Milwaukee and get a, a road win and a road series win. After winning three in a row, they lost yesterday. But you know, considering the lineup they have, Without uh, some of the heavy hitters that they had at the beginning of the season, certainly impressive to see what they were able to do. And it's been a lot of fun the last couple of days to watch the young, the baby Nats or the kitty Nats, as they're called, kind of show some fight. A lot of guys finally getting an opportunity to play Major League Baseball on a consistent basis, not a pinch hit here, not a quick call up there, but playing every single day. And we're seeing what kind of talent some of these guys have. Josh Bell has done a nice job at first base. Nice to see what Lane Thomas can do on the base paths and in the hitting hitters box and Yadiel Hernandez who at 33, you know, certainly has worked very hard to get to this moment. And there were some great moments on the mass and television cameras yesterday where he looked like he was mentoring Luis Garcia. They were talking in the dugout. FP Santangelo talked about it on the TV broadcast. That's great to see Yadiel Hernandez kind of be in that uh, quote unquote other bench coach. I always love that when I see this from this team where you see a, a veteran, and I'm going to call him a veteran because he's 33, even though most of that time was in the minor leagues, but he's not uh, not uh, scared or unwilling to help others. And certainly Luis Garcia was listening and acknowledging what he was saying. I don't know what they were saying, obviously. Could have been about at-bats and how to try to figure out the Milwaukee pitching, but I love to see that on the bench, constantly working and constantly trying to be better. So that is a lot of fun. So we're going to go more into the Nats in depth and get your phone calls about the Nationals because they start in about an hour at 140 with the pregame show. And it's your chance to get your thoughts on what you think about this baseball team. What's the future for them? We can talk more about Cade Cavalli, more about the farm, more about some of these pitchers and whether or not they will be coming up here in the last month with September just around the corner and those call-ups coming. 800-636-1067 is the number to call. 800-636-1067, the number to call. Byron Kerr with you on a National Sunday, getting ready for the Nationals 
and the Brewers. Davey Martinez coming up. Also, Mark Zuckerman is going to come up in the next hour from MassInSports.com. And we'll have Rick Snyder from Snyder's Remarks talking about the Washington football team, how they looked against the Cincinnati Bengals, and as they get ready for the season coming up, we'll break down that and the Ravens game and the pregame game coming up as well as we continue here from the fan on a Sunday afternoon. BK on a Sunday with you getting ready for Nationals baseball, but I want to talk NFL. NFL preseason action. How much fun has it been watching these rookie quarterbacks get a chance to play? Man, it's watching the Chicago Bears yesterday. I know they were getting their butts kicked by the Buffalo Bills, but the crowd was going crazy for Justin Fields. Every time he touched the ball, anything he did, they were going nuts. He had a couple of sweet runs for first downs. He also had a pretty pass down the left sideline to a tight end who dove for the ball and caught it. And, yes, they were getting thumped pretty good. It was, what, 34-6 to Bills, who were an outstanding football team, 34-6 Bills against the Bears at halftime. But every play they made, the crowd was at Soldier Field was like, who cares what the score is? We're watching the future of this team, Justin Fields. And, of course, the, the, sideline, the side light of all this was that it was Mitchell Trubisky on the other side for the Bills, the former Bears quarterback, torching them for 221 and a touch. And uh, Isaiah McKenzie had seven receptions for 72 yards. Andy Dalton, 146 and a touch for the Bears. Justin Fields, four runs for 46 yards. He did get popped, though, on a, on a linebacker blitz uh, when it was supposed to be all five of his offensive linemen picking it up. And, you know, they have to acknowledge who the linebacker is. It's coming. Got to find out where the Mike linebacker is. Justin Fields did not see that, and his teammates didn't help him out. He couldn't get out of the way, and he got crushed uh, with the helmet right into the chin strap. Knocked his helmet off, knocked it, uh, looked like his mouth guard off. And he, I got to give him a lot of credit, a lot of guts for Justin Fields there. He got back up and went right back into the huddle. But they have got to be careful because that is their prized possession. And, you know, that's one of the moments where I was sitting there watching the game with my son, and my son goes, welcome to the NFL. I'm like, yeah, that is how it's going to be, man. You have got to have your head on a swivel and be very, very careful. Thank goodness that Justin is okay because you know he's the future for Chicago at quarterback. It'd be interesting to see how that works out. The Jets beat the Packers yesterday, twenty-three to fourteen. Zach Wilson had a couple of good drives, one twenty-eight through the air and two touchdowns for the Jets. Former Virginia quarterback Kurt Benkert had one fifty-one in touch, looked pretty good, but then threw a bad interception in the second half that allowed the Jets to secure the win and. Uh, they've won both of their preseason games. Aaron Rodgers was on the sidelines again. Jordan Love didn't play, so the Packers obviously were not even close to full strength. And, you know, that's the other thing is you get excited about seeing some of these guys play in the preseason. But, you know, some teams will play their ones, and other teams, they're not even playing some of their twos. They're playing a, bunch, a lot of the rookies, a lot of the potential practice squad guys. So you can get all excited about seeing your team go up and down the field, but you're playing against twos and threes. And all of a sudden, when week one starts, it's going to be a whole different ball game. But still nice to see some of these young guys get a chance uh, when the first are, are sitting. Dolphins beat the Falcons 37-17. to And outstanding work for Tavia Loli as he had 183 and a touchdown. Tua, 183 and a touchdown for the Dolphins as they were able to win. Ravens beat the Panthers 20-3. to and the Ravens continue, what, have they won like 19 or 20 straight preseason games? Just 19. So they continued to, uh, that, that record going on, and, and obviously their defense looked good in that one. 
Steelers held off the Lions 26-20. Lions scored 20 in the fourth quarter, so the Steelers were dominating for most of that game. Mason Rudolph 138 through the air. And Blau, David Blau had 143 and a touch for the Lions. Titans roll the Buccaneers 34-3. Barkley 115 and two touchdowns for the Titans. Texans beat the Cowboys 20-14. Cowboys have lost all three of their preseason games. Danucci 120 for the Cowboys. Mills 115 for the Texans. Colts edged the Vikings 12-10. Browning had 82 for the Vikings, 132 for Easton for the Colts. Broncos beat the Seahawks 30-3. Teddy Bridgewater looking good, 105 and a touchdown. He raced them out to a 14-0 lead. Drew Locke came in later on and didn't play as well. Was able to get him to a field goal, but Teddy Bridgewater, 9 for 11, a beautiful fourth and five to Jerry Judy for 35 yards. He looked legit as there could be a potential quarterback controversy in the Mile High City between Bridgewater and Locke. Raiders edged the Rams 17 to 16. There's another Virginia quarterback, Bryce Perkins, 208 and two touchdowns for the Rams. I wonder how difficult it's going to be in for him. Hopefully he can make that team. That would be exciting to see. Chiefs beat the Cardinals 17-10. As we mentioned, Patriots over the Eagles 35-0. And in the game for the football team, they beat the Bengals 17-13. I like seeing Dustin Hopkins bounce back with those field goals, even though none of them were over 40 yards. It was good to see. uh, He looked like he was in midseason form for that. Fitzpatrick had 96 yards rushing, maybe a drop uh, or two there. Uh, They didn't show much of the playbook, but it was good to see them a couple of times get down the field. They had to settle for field goals, but the offense looked pretty good. 6-3 to three lead for the football team at halftime, and then they got a, a eight-point touchdown with a two-point conversion in the second. And Jarrett Patterson was outstanding. 16 rushes, 71 yards, and a touch. Gandy Golden had three receptions for 37 yards, had a chance to get another one, too. Logan Thomas had a big catch and another one that was dropped. So some good, and you know you'd like to see a little bit more, but I think Ron Rivera's also being careful with the playbook, and also you don't want to get guys hurt. You don't. You have a lot of ones that are not going to play here because they want to make sure that they are ready for the Chargers game in week number one, and that's the thing that kills me so much about the preseason is watching this guy, these guys get hurt uh, that you know are just trying to get ready for the season. Case in point is uh, the Bengals rookie we got to see on Friday night, Joseph Osei. He's going to have to have season-ending knee surgery, and that's an example of how you got to be careful because, you know, they're still playing 110% when on the football field. All these guys, a lot of the guys are running around for jobs. A lot of the guys are getting practice in. So some guys are going 111%, and other guys are just trying to run the plays. And sometimes you have some quirky things. There's going to be injuries in football, so it's uh, tough to see that happen to a rookie and have him find out that his season is over. But it'll be interesting to see now, you know, the cut down went down to 85. I think it goes down to 80 or something like that. And then it drops off the charts in the final week from 80 to 53. So it'll be interesting to see what Ron Rivera decides to do with a lot of these guys as they get ready for the Chargers in week number one. And Rick Snyder from Snyder Remarks will give us a chance to give us more information on what the Washington football team will do going forward and how they looked against the Bengals. Certainly some outstanding work from the defense. As Chris Miller talked about, Benjamin St. Just at six foot three will be very, very interesting to see in the defensive backfield if he can make this team. He was outstanding with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. It would be fun to see him play at the NFL level. McTire also outstanding for this Washington team. And it would be fun to see how they look. Jamin Davis 
had some uh, his rating was actually better in the Bengals game than it was in the first game. So it looks like he's getting more acclimated. But you know, he would love to not be as tentative once he learns the playbook, once he learns what the offensive line is trying to do and where he's supposed to be as he watches those running backs and see who comes out of, of the backfield. That first step will be critical. It'll be interesting to see how he can kind of step up against the Ravens in the final preseason game and uh, get a chance to be starter, whether it's him or Cole Holcomb uh, down the road, will be a question mark that Ron Rivera and his staff will have to make. But Jamin Davis from Kentucky, watching him as the team gets ready for the season be a lot of fun. Rick Snyder coming up in less than an hour, and also Mark Zuckerman as well, plus your phone calls as we get ready at the Nationals. Lots of news with the Nats as they get ready for the Milwaukee Brewers starting at 140. We'll talk more about the Nats. Get your phone calls at 1-800-636-1067 as we continue on a Sunday afternoon. Nationals and Brewers just around a corner. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Here on the fan. Welcome back. Byron Kerr with you on a Sunday afternoon, counting down to the Nationals and Milwaukee Brewers. And that will be game three. Sean Nolan getting the call. Some changes for the team here. Javi Guerra has been DFA'd. Austin Voth, Kyle McGowan are back. Andrew Stevenson also surprisingly sent to AAA Rochester. And they keep Geraldo Parra, which is interesting. Mark Zuckerman from MassSports.com will join us uh, coming up. But this uh, kind of is a big deal for Lane Thomas. He'll get to lead off and start again in the lineup in center field. Victor Robles a little bit under weather, not COVID-related, says Davey Martinez. So Thomas will get the start today. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And and will Lane Thomas be an answer for this team going forward as a potential outfielder in 2022? Does the team need to look for a veteran at shortstop or third base? These are all questions we can ask Mark Zuckerman and ask you as well with the departure of Trey Turner to the L.A. Dodgers and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. And could any of those guys come back next year? All interesting questions. Yesterday, a 9-6 to loss. They certainly showed some fight up 3-1. to They uh, watched in the fifth inning as a kind of a mess in the fifth inning as Milwaukee was able to come back. And there was a pop-up to the right of home plate. Trace Barrera, the catcher, Ryan Zimmerman for first base, and Gabe Klobositz, the the pitcher all converged on the ball, and there was a man on third base. Zimmerman made the catch, but nobody was covering home plate, and Wong 
tagged up at third and raced home with a huge run that was kind of unfortunate for them that tied the game at three, and it was part of the big rally for Milwaukee, and obviously you have to have somebody covering home plate, and that was a tough, tough moment there for Trace Barrera. We can talk to Mark Zuckerman about that as well. As for the thoughts on the game, Davey Martinez in Milwaukee yesterday was asked about the roller coaster moments in this game and what stood out. Yeah, well, you know, the, the big thing is that, you know, I give our guys credit, man. You know, we fell back, we gave up the grand slam, and they battled back, you know. Um, we, had, we had the winning run up, up at the plate. So um, you know, I, I love the way that they're just battling every day. You know, unfortunate, made a couple of mistakes, as I, as I talk about always. Um, you know, sometimes the little things are going to get you, and and it got us today. You know, the walks, the hit batsman, the interference, the uh, not covering home plate. Um, you know, those those things. You know, those are the little things that we need we need to get better at. It's all the little things. I mean, these guys, you know, they're, they're playing well, they're doing well. But we, you know, when, when we do all the little things right, we're on top of these games. And uh, to that, to the, today just didn't happen. But, uh, that play earlier in the game when the when the Brewers scored there. Um... What was your perspective on that? Yeah, no, somebody, we got to get somebody back. You know, once they see Zim, you know, going to catch the ball, uh, for me, it's either the pitcher always, you know, goes to cover home. Um, you know, you, you can't have you can't have Carter cover because there's a guy in second base. You know, so he's got to stay put. But the pitcher's got to get to home. Um, sorry with the audio. Also, uh, kind of like one silver lining in this has been Lane Thomas. Another great day at the plate for him. What are you seeing just now, knowing that like a continuation from yesterday that it, yesterday wasn't just a one-off? Yeah, he's got an opportunity to play, and and he's going out there and playing playing the game the right way. I talked about it yesterday. You know, he's working good at bats. A couple of walks today, a couple of big hits for us today. Uh, playing good defense. Um, you know, I, I love his attitude. I love his work work ethic. He's he's doing well. So you know, like I said, I want I want to get him out there. I want him to play. And so far, he's done well. Jesse Dockery, Washington Post. David, we're um, hobbies. You know, you always talk about how much he pounds the zone. Um, so those two hit batters uh, before the grand slam, how surprised are you that, that he yanks those pitches? Um, yeah. Just overall kind of, what was your reaction there? Yeah, I was very, I was very surprised. I mean, you know, like I said, he usually pounds the strike zone, um, you know, it gets, gets ahead of hitters, you know, but yeah, uncharacteristic today, you know, he, he hit a couple guys and got three, two on a, on a really good hitter and Yelich and, um, you know, how to, how to force throw a strike bases loaded and uh, Yelich didn't miss that pitch. I mean, he threw it, you know, he threw it, you know, pretty much right down the middle, maybe a little in, and um, he crushed it. Yeah, I believe seven of their eight starting position players were lefties um, with no one going to the rotation tomorrow. You don't have a lefty in your pen. So what kind of challenge is it when um, matchup-wise all your options are right-handed and that team is so a left-handed heavy today and, and some really effective hitters too? Yeah, I mean, hey, look, these guys, you know, uh, Machado's done well against, against left-handed hitters. Uh, you know, I, I like Clovo against him. You know, if he, 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 you know, if he gets a split down in the zone, I mean, he's done, he's done well. You know, so I mean, that's what this is. You know, we got these guys. You know, they're going to get a chance to pitch, whether it's left or right. And um, so far, you know, I like, I like what I'm seeing out of these guys. You know, they, they, they come in, they got a great idea, great game plan. Um, and uh, you know, you know, as you know, it's all about execution. And then just on the grand slam pitch, um, balancing sort of not wanting to give in, um, but also knowing there's the bases loaded. Um, can that be a tough spot for a pitcher? And, and, and ultimately, kind of, is that is that maybe what you saw kind of hurt Javi there since he does have to kind of be in the zone? Yeah, you know, the, I think the biggest thing was, you know, after, you know, he, he hit a couple of guys, um, he gets to 3 2. 
you know, for me, you know, it's a tough situation. Um, you got to make a pitch, you know. He felt like the fastball was the pitch that he could get over, you know, so that was the pitch of choice. And like I said, he left it where, he, you know, he could get the barrel to it. Thank you. Bobby Blanco, MassInSports.com. Hey, David, what did you see from Apollo's outing? He looked like he had really good command of that curveball. Yeah, Paulo, Paulo did well. You know, he got, he got to that fifth inning, and, he, and uh, you know, Paulo gives us everything he has every, every time he goes out there. So he threw the ball well. Uh, once again, I, you know, when we start noticing him getting the ball up a little bit, um, and he walks, you know, walks the first, the leadoff hitter. Um, you know, to me, that's an indication that you know he he, he was he was good. So, um, and the rest of the guys came in and did well. You know, I, I know that um, you know uh, Harper came in, you know, and threw the ball well. And, you know, and then he comes out the next inning when, and, you know, as you all know, walking the leadoff hitter, you know, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so, uh, you know, once it, once he does that, you know, I, um, but I thought he threw the ball well as well. Uh, with that walk, to, I think it was Kane by Paula. I mean, he showed some emotion on the mound. I, was he just upset that he walked him or that he missed his spot? Because he just missed on that curveball, yeah, like three. He, ju he just missed. He just missed it. You know, he thought it could have went either way. Um, I haven't seen it yet. You know, I'll take a look at it. But um, like I said, you know, he took, you know, he he was throwing the ball well. That I mean, to me, that's um, when you walk that leadoff hitter right there. That's you know, that's a big moment. Thanks. And we'll finish with Jessica Camarado, OB.com. Davey, one more question circling back about Lane. Uh, last night he was saying that he likes to watch film in between at-bats, which I know a lot of players do. But what do you see in terms of just the way he's able to make like cerebral adjustments quickly and his desire to do so? Yeah, he looks. He looks at you know. He looks at the guys before he gets up there to hit. Um, he watches what they're trying to do, especially against right-handed hitters, and then he makes adjustments as he goes up there, uh, pitch by pitch. So, um, like I said, he's a student of the game. He wants to learn, and um, he gets good at bats. He takes good at bats. He stays in the. He stays in, in the at bat. Um, every time he gets up there, as you can see, he works good counts. Um, but uh, you know, so far, I like. I like. I like what he's doing. I like what I see. Um, and he's like I said, he's a gamer. He wants to go out there and try to help us win every day. That is Davey Martinez of the Washington Nationals yesterday after the 9-6 to loss to the Milwaukee Brewers. Talking about Lane Thomas, he has been an outstanding addition to this team. You look up and you see the stats, oh, he's only batting 190, but really that was a lot of the batting averages from when he was with St. Louis. Thomas is 6-for-11, a 545 average with a double, a triple, two RBI, four walks, four runs scored, and a 667 on-base percentage, and an 818 slugging percentage. So he has done a lot since he arrived, and you know, kind of the energy we're seeing from Riley Adams, from Lane Thomas, uh, from Yadiel Hernandez, good to see as young guys. It could have been very easy, as F.P. Santangelo talked about yesterday on the Mass and broadcast, for these guys not to be able to deliver at this level. And, you know, they playing the Toronto Blue Jays that was fighting for a playoff spot, had a lot of outstanding young guys. They're playing the Milwaukee Brewers, obviously a very, very good team. They're 26 games above 500, so we're not dealing with slouches here. It's not like NFL preseason when you're playing against third stringers. These guys are legit. Kristen Yelich has the grand slam and six RBIs. And Davey Martinez mentioning there about Paulo Espino being rare upset, not getting the call in that curveball, and he was very close. You could even see how much that meant to Espino in the dugout after that when he was pulled and Milwaukee was able to rally and eventually win the game. So I'd love to see that that gaming quality and wonder what the Nationals will do. Will they go with Riley Adams and KBL Ruiz and Trace Barrera? Will those be the catchers for next year? Or will Mike Rizzo look for a veteran? 
as well to kind of solidify with Jan Gomes now in Oakland. And obviously, he still has Alex Avila coming back. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all kind of plays out in the catching position uh, going forward. Maybe a question we could ask Marcus Zuckerman in just a moment. So coming up, it is Mark Zuckerman from MassInSports.com who covers the Washington Nationals for Mass and Sports. And then Rick Snyder from Snyder Remarks talking about the Washington football team. And then we've got live play-by-play of Major League Baseball from Miller Park with Washington versus Milwaukee. Stay right here on The Fan as we continue on a Sunday afternoon. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.